Well, Shabbat Shalom, everyone. Welcome back to another edition of God Honest Truth Livestream. And if you're just joining us for the first time, we'd like to say Shalom and welcome. We are God Honest Truth, and you can find out more about us at GodHonestTruth.com. We are based out of Western North Carolina. And as always, if you have any questions, comments, or concerns, please feel free to contact us through one of our many social media profiles or through email at team at GodHonestTruth.com. Now, tonight's Josh is going to be about a specific character within the scriptures who had a lot of bad things happen to him, but he didn't deserve any of it. And through all this, Yahweh was with him and turned the events and his life into something good for the glory of Yahweh. We also look out how this specific character relates and is a type of our master and Messiah, Yeshua. His name is Joseph. And tonight's Josh is going to be all about the life of Joseph. So make sure to stay tuned for that. But like always, before we get to that, we're going to be doing our liturgy, our Torah portion, our Hav Torah portion, and our Brit Hadashah portion. So with all that being said, let's go ahead and dive into our liturgy. Blessed be his name, whose glorious kingdom is for eternity. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your might. And have these words which I command you this day be upon your heart. And you shall teach them diligently to your children, and speak of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, and when you rise up. And you shall bind them for a sign upon your hand, and let them be frontless between your eyes, and you shall write them on the doorpost of your Alright, we do apologize for all that. I'm not sure exactly what happened, but we got cut off from the network. Got everything going up now. Hopefully it's back up and going smoothly. Everything set up one more time. There we go. All right, let's go with this. There we go. So in the way of announcements this week, this is where we was at previously before we got cut off. 
But there's a few announcements as far as the uh, website and the ministry goes. One more thing. There we go. Sorry about that. We just published a new article on the website this week entitled, What is a Messianic? And the article goes over many aspects of what the Messianic belief is and what the difference is between Messianics and Jews, Messianics and Christians, What, if there are any differences at all. Sometimes it's all the same. But we hear it in our own lives, but you probably hear it in your lives as well. People ask you, what does it mean to be Messianic? What is a Messianic? Well, that's the reason we decided to write this article and put it up there. So go to the website, check it out, and next time anyone asks you what a Messianic is, what Messianics believe, go ahead and just share the article around with them. Also, we have been doing, or try to been doing at least one graphic per week. And if you've been missing out on that, make sure to follow us on all of our social media profiles, as well as sign up for the new post updates on the website. That way it'll come directly to your inbox every morning and you never miss another graphic or a new post again. Another way is also to follow us on both Pinterest and Instagram because we put up all the new graphics there as well. We also need to up our subscriber count on Rumble. Rumble has released live streaming for all customers, all platforms, all tiers. And we need at least 100 subscribers to, in order to live stream on Rumble. So if you could share the word around, go over to Rumble and subscribe to us on that platform as you do on all the other platforms. But not just Rumble, but go to every video platform we're available on, which is Rumble, YouTube, BitChute, Odyssey. Go to all those and subscribe, but especially Rumble so we can try to get that subscriber count up and do the live streaming through that platform as well. Speaking of live streaming, we're most likely going to cut out the Facebook live stream. It hasn't been getting as much as the other platforms have been, especially Odyssey. So look for that announcements in the upcoming weeks. If we decide to go forward with canceling that stream, we'll be going down to three if we do, which will leave us with YouTube, Odyssey and Twitch. So you can watch on any of those platforms instead of Facebook. Also, we have modified and made the website more streamlined. Go to GodHonestTruth.com and you'll see some of the changes up there. We've added a new menu called Engage, and that's where you can find the social media profiles as well as the video platforms, audio podcast links, and donation, all that separated into four different pages instead of being on one page. So the website has changed just a little bit, but not too much. Just wanted to bring that to your attention. Also, speaking of the websites, we have placed some of the study notes up on the website as well. You can find study notes right now for our Godhead study that we've got. We've got our study notes for one year versus three year Torah portions. And we've also got a third one up there as well. So make sure to go check those out. If you'd like to see study notes, we'll be adding others as time permits, but we have those three up there at the moment. So go check those out. There we go. Here's the schedule of episodes for about the next two months or so. Like I said, tonight we're going to be doing a drosh all about the life of Joseph. Next week, very exciting time. It's going to be a drosh on Yom Teruah or what some call Rosh Hashanah. So make sure to stay tuned for that so you can learn all about Yom Teruah, how to prepare for it, how to celebrate it, where it's at in the Bible, what scripture says, all that good stuff. So make sure to tune in next week, Friday at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time for our drosh and our teaching on Yom Teruah. Then after that, we're going to be doing Yom Kippurim, Sukkot, and then on and on. You can see the list up here on your screen right now. But like I said, tune in every Friday night at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time for those corresponding drashes and the God Honest Truth live stream. 
As always, keep this list in your prayers as you go through your prayer list, and especially be in prayer for the prayer of Jerusalem, as Scripture tells us. Not only Jerusalem, but also Israel as a whole and whatever nation you're a part of, make sure to pray for your nation that you live in. As always, if you have any... There we go. As always, if you have any prayer requests or announcements that you would like to have announced live on air, make sure to send those in to us by Thursday evening so that we have time to incorporate that into our live stream material for Friday night at 8 p.m. Also, if you would like to attend PASOC in the Western North Carolina area, make sure to write us and let us know that you would be interested because we're thinking about renting out a venue and we're just wanting to see a number of how many people are going are interested in having PASOC in person or if you don't already have plans. So make sure to let us know, write to us at team at godhonesttruth.com and just let us know that you are interested in PASOC 2023. So now that we got all that out of the way, let's get back to our liturgy. Blessed are you, O Lord our God, who has given us the way of salvation in Messiah Yeshua. He walked among us, filled with your spirit. The only one who ever perfectly fulfilled your Torah, he healed the sick and raised the dead. The multitudes of our people sought his touch. He taught as no man taught. With authority he brought forth the treasures of the Torah. How the children sought him, the lepers he touched and made clean. How the despised and outcast found love and release from their sin. How the hypocrites feared him, whose words uncovered their sin, despised and rejected, acquainted with grief, he bore the sins of Israel. All we, like sheep, have gone astray, turned every one to his own way. Our iniquities were laid upon the king, the sins of the world, his burden to bear. He rose from the dead and opened the way to life everlasting. Praise his name. We are in him. His spirit empowers. New life is ours with joy and peace. Blessed are you, O Lord our God, who has given us Messiah our King. For the sake of our Master Yeshua, in his merit and virtues, may the sayings of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be favorable before you, O Lord, my Rock and my Redeemer. Amen. Avinu Shabashimayim Yikadesh Shimcha Tavo Mehuteha Yasa Retzonecha Baaret Kaasher Naasa Bashamayim Our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Let thy kingdom come, let thy will be done, as on earth so as in heaven. Ten Lanu Hayom Lechem Hukenu Usalach lanu et ashmatenu ka asher. Solachim anachnu la asher ashmulanu. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. Ve'al tevienu lide masa, ki im hatzilenu min hara. Ki laha, amam laha, v'hagavura, v'hatifaret, or Lamim. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. None can compare to you, O Lord, and nothing compares to your creation. Your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom. Your mercy endures throughout all generations. The Lord is King, the Lord was King, the Lord shall be King throughout all time. May the Lord grant His people mercy, may the Lord bless His people with peace. Proclaim the Lord's greatness with me, let us exalt Him together. And it came to pass, whenever the ark went forth, Moses would say, Arise, O Lord, and let your enemies be scattered. May those who hate you flee from before you. For from Zion shall go forth the Torah, and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. Blessed be he who in holiness gave the Torah to his people Israel.
And tonight's Torah portion is going to be Exodus chapter 4, verse 14, through chapter 6, verse 1. And we'll give you just a moment to find that in your preferred translation at home. Exodus 4, <clears throat> verse 14. And the displeasure of Yahweh burned against Moshe, and he said, Is not Aaron the Levite your brother? I know that he speaks well, and see, he is also coming out to meet you. And when he sees you, he shall be glad in his heart. And you shall speak to him and put the words in his mouth. And I am with your mouth and with his mouth, and I shall teach you what to do. And he shall speak for you to the people, and it shall be that he shall be a mouth for you, and you shall be an Elohim for him. And take this rod in your hand, with which you shall do the signs. Then Moshe went and returned to Jether his father-in-law, and said to him, Please let me go and return to my brothers who are in Mitzrayim, to see whether they are still alive. And Jethro said to Moshe, Go in peace. And Yahweh said to Moshe in Midian, Go, return to Mitzrayim, for all the men are dead who sought your life. So Moshe took his wife and his sons and set them on a donkey, and he returned to the land of Mitzrayim. And Moshe took the rod of Elohim in his hand. And Yahweh said to Moshe, As you go back to Mitzrayim, see that you do all these wonders before Pharaoh which I have put in your hand. But I am going to strengthen his heart, so that he does not let the people go. And you shall say to Pharaoh, Thus said Yahweh, Yisrael is my son, my firstborn. So I say to you, let my son go to serve me. But if you refuse to let him go, see, I am killing your son, your firstborn. And it came to be on the way in the lodging place that Yahweh met him and sought to kill him. And Zipporah took a sharp stone and cut off the foreskin of her son and threw it at his feet and said, you are indeed a bridegroom of blood to me. So he let him go. Then she said, you are a bridegroom of blood because of the circumcision. And Yahweh said to Aaron, Go to Moshe in the wilderness. And he went and met him on the mountain of Elohim and kissed him. Moshe then told Aaron all the words of Yahweh who had sent him and all the signs which he had commanded him. And Moshe went with Aaron and gathered together all the elders of the children of Israel. And Aaron spoke all the words which Yahweh had spoken to Moshe. Then he did the signs before the eyes of the people. And the people believed, and they heard that Yahweh had visited the children of Israel, and that he had looked on their affliction, and they bowed their heads and did obeisance. And afterwards Moshe and Aaron went in and said to Pharaoh, Thus said Yahweh Elohim of Israel, Let my people go, so that they celebrate a festival to me in the wilderness. And Pharaoh said, Who is Yahweh that I should obey his voice to let Israel go? I do not know Yahweh, nor am I going to let Yisrael go. And they said, The Elohim of the Hebrews has met with us. Please let us go three days' journey into the wilderness and slaughter to Yahweh our Elohim, lest he fall upon us with pestilence or with the sword. But the sovereign of Mitzrayim said to them, Moshe and Aaron, why do you take the people from their work? Get back to your burdens. And Pharaoh said, See, the people of the land are many now, and you make them cease from their burdens. And the same day Pharaoh commanded the slave drivers of the people and their foremen, saying, You are no longer to give the people straw to make bricks as before. Let them go and gather straw for themselves. And they lay on them the required amount of bricks which they made before. Do not diminish it. For if they are idle, what is that is why they cry out, saying, Let us go and slaughter to our Elohim. Let more work be laid on the men, so that they labor in it, and not pay attention to words of falsehood. And the slave drivers of the people and their foremen went out and spoke to the people, saying, Thus said Pharaoh, I do not give you straw. Go take straw for yourselves wherever you find it, for your work shall not be diminished. And the people were scattered in all the land of Mitzrayim to gather stubble for straw. 
And the slave drivers were hurrying them on, saying, Fulfill your actions, your daily matters, as when there was straw. Also the foremen of the children of Israel, whom Pharaoh's slave drivers had set over them, were struck and were asked, Why have you not fulfilled your law in making bricks both yesterday and today as before? And the foremen of the children of Israel came and cried out to Pharaoh, saying, Why do you treat your servants this way? There is no straw given to your servants, and they say to us, Make bricks. And see, your servants are struck, but your own people are at fault. But he said, You are idle, you are idle. That is why you say, Let us go and slaughter to Yahweh. So now go, work, and straw is not given to you, but deliver the amount of bricks. And the foremen of the children of Israel saw that they were in trouble after it was said, You are not to diminish your daily amount of bricks. And when they came out from Pharaoh, they met Moshe and Aaron, who stood there to meet them. And they said to them, Let Yahweh look on you and judge, because you have made us loathsome in the eyes of Pharaoh, and in the eyes of his servants, to give a sword in their hand to kill us. And Moshe returned to Yahweh, and Yahweh <clears throat> and said, Yahweh, why have you done evil to this people? Why did you send me? For ever since I came to Pharaoh to speak in your name, he has done evil to this people, and you have not delivered your people at all. And Yahweh said to Moshe, now see what I do to Pharaoh, for with a strong hand he is going to let them go, and with a strong hand he is going to drive them out of his land. Barukata Yahweh Eloheinu Melech HaOlam, Asher Natan Lanu Torah Temet, Vechaye Olam Beitukenu, Barukata Yahweh Noten HaTorah. Amen. This is the Torah which Moses placed before the children of Israel. It is in accord with the Lord's command by the hand of Moses. It is a tree of life to those who take hold of it, and those who support it are praiseworthy. Its ways are ways of pleasantness, and all its paths are peace. Bring us back, Lord, to you, and we shall come. Renew our days as of old. Et haim him, lama hazim kimba, vetome he ha meushar, dera he ha, dar he noam, veho nativo te ha, shalom, hashi venu adonai. Elehave nashuva Hades Hades amenu Hades amenu Blessed are you, O Lord our God, King of the universe, who has chosen faithful prophets to speak words of truth. Amen. And tonight's Haftorah portion is going to be Isaiah chapter 55, verses 12 through 56, verse 7. And we'll give you just a moment, once again, to find that in your preferred translation at home. Isaiah chapter 55, verse 12. For with joy you go out, and with peace you are brought in. The mountains and the hills break forth into singing before you, and all the trees of the field clap the hands. Instead of the thorn, the cypress comes up, and instead of the nettle, the myrtle comes up. And it shall be to Yahweh for a name, for an everlasting sign which is not cut off. Thus said Yahweh, Guard right ruling and do righteousness, for near is my deliverance to come and my righteousness to be revealed. Blessed is the man who does this and the son of man who becomes strong in it, guarding the Sabbath lest he profane it and guarding his hand from doing any evil. 
And let not the son of the foreigner who has joined himself to Yahweh speak, saying, Yahweh has certainly separated me from his people. Nor let the eunuch say, Look, I am a dry tree. For thus said Yahweh, To the eunuchs who guard my Sabbaths and have chosen what pleases me and are holding on to my covenant, to them I shall give in my house and within my walls a place and a name better than that of sons and daughters. I give them an everlasting name that is not cut off. Also the sons of the foreigner who join themselves to Yahweh, who serve him and to love the name of Yahweh, to be his servants, all who guard the Sabbath and not profane it, and are holding on to my covenant. Them I shall bring to my set-apart mountain and let them rejoice in my house of prayer. Their ascending offerings and their slaughterings are accepted on my slaughter place, for my house is called a house of prayer for all the peoples. Blessed are you, O Lord our God, King of the universe, who has given us the living word in Messiah Yeshua. Blessed are you, O Lord, giver of the renewed covenant. Amen. And tonight's Brit Hadashah portion is going to be Acts chapter 7, verses 35 through 37. And once again, we'll give you just a moment to find that in your preferred translation at home. Acts chapter 7, verse 35. This Moshe, whom they had refused, saying, Who made you a ruler and a judge? This one Elohim sent to be a ruler and a deliverer by the hand of the messenger who appeared to him in the bush. This one led them out after he had done wonders and signs in the land of Mitzrayim and in the Red Sea and in the wilderness forty years. This is the Moshe who said to the children of Israel, Yahweh your Elohim shall raise up for you a prophet like me from your brothers. Him you shall hear. Barukata Yahweh Eloheinu Melech HaOlam Asher Natan Lanu HaDavar HaEmet Bechaye Olam Betukenu Barukata Yahweh Noten HaBret HaDashah Blessed are you, O Lord our God, King of the universe, who gave to us the word of truth and planted life everlasting in our midst. Blessed are you, O Lord, giver of the renewed covenant. Amen. So in just a moment, we'll be getting to tonight's drosh all about Joseph. But like always, we're going to take just a brief moment to check on our streams, make sure everything is going the way it should be. But while we're taking a moment to do that, while you're there watching us for a moment, go down below, leave us a comment, anything you'd like, whether maybe it's something you know about Joseph and want to go ahead and let's share it around with other people, or if it's just something to say hi or Shabbat Shalom, just put it down in the comments below. Also, make sure to hit that subscribe button and ring the bell so that you're notified every time we go live or when we upload an on-demand video. Hit the like button and tell us you like it. And also be sure to hit that share button and share it around with anyone you might know that would like this kind of content. Because if you're watching it right now, odds are you know someone else who would like this type of content as well. So the streams are looking good. After that one ah, mishap earlier on, hopefully we don't have anything else, but I do thank you and appreciate everyone who has stuck with us. I know sometimes it can get annoying when we suffer computer glitches and whatnot but we do appreciate you go ahead and sticking around with us all right so tonight's drush is going to be all about joseph and the life of joseph what happened in his life the relevance of it all that good stuff so if you got your notebook make sure you got that ready with your pen and all that good stuff and we're going to get started in just a moment Now we did make a little change for this week. Excuse me. On some of the slides, or actually most of the slides, when we were able and had the space, 
we not only included the verse in English, but we also included the Hebrew down below it. Just for all of you out there who either read Hebrew, appreciate seeing the Hebrew, or you're learning Hebrew, let us know after all is said and done if you like this new format, or if you don't, but just write us uh, email, put it down in the comments, discuss amongst yourselves, just let us know what you think of the new format, and if you like it or if you don't like it. So, as far as Joseph goes, we get the first glimpse of Joseph in Genesis chapter 30, verse 22 through 24. And Elohim remembered Rachel, and Elohim listened to her and opened her womb. And she conceived and bore a son, and said, Elohim has taken away my reproach. So she called his name Yosef and said, Yahweh has added to me another son. Now this is where Joseph is born, or, or Yosef, whichever way you prefer to say it. The original is Yosef, but we used to him being called Joseph. But Joseph's name means, you know, let him add. And that's what his mother said, that Yahweh has added a son to me, right? So the him in let him add is referring to Yahweh. Joseph is also the name of other people in the Bible, specifically seven other Israelites. Brown Driver Briggs pretty much says the same thing. Now, some statistics about Joseph and his life. He was the first son of Rachel or Rahel. He was the 11th son of Jacob, but he was the 12th son, I'm sorry, the 12th child of Jacob because the one daughter that Jacob had was born before Joseph. Joseph lived for 110 years, so not the longest, not as long as some of his previous ancestors, but it's still a fairly long time. He only had one wife as compared to other patriarchs or men of the Bible, but he did have two sons, and their names were Manasseh and Ephraim. He was also given a second name by Pharaoh when he came into Pharaoh's service and impressed Pharaoh so much. And we'll be getting into that in just a little bit too. But the name that Pharaoh gave him was Zaphnath Paneah. And what that means is pretty much treasury of the glorious rest. That's the best we can come up with or the best we could find out. Because we've, Got all this research on names in Hebrew and how those work, what they are, stuff like that. But as far as names in Egyptian, that doesn't seem to be as well studied. And it was rather kind of difficult to find out what this name actually meant, like we provide all the other names. But as far as we can find out, Brown Driver Briggs says it means treasury of the glorious rest. So now let's get into some scripture about Joseph and Joseph's life and what happened there. First of all, Genesis 37, 3 through 4. And Yisrael loved Yosef more than all his children, because he was the son of his old age, and he made him a long robe. But when his brothers saw that their father loved him more than all his brothers, they hated him and were not able to speak peaceably to him. Now, you can see here that his father Jacob, or as his, his name is called here, Israel, loved Joseph and was playing favorites over all his other sons. This didn't play out very well. As you very well may know, in today's day and age, you play favorites with any of your children. That's not a good thing to do, and you really should not do. Because Yahweh doesn't play favorites with us, his children. Therefore, we should not play favorites with our children as well. But Jacob or Israel did make this mistake, and it did cause some tension. Genesis 37, 5 and 9. And Yosef dreamed a dream and told it to his brothers, so they hated him even more. And he dreamed still another dream and related it to his brothers and said, See, I have dreamed another dream, and see, the sun and the moon and the eleven stars bowed down to me. Here's a couple things I want to point out. Number one, Joseph is getting these dreams and he's being able to interpret them. He later goes on right after it's in this part in the scriptures and tells the interpretation of the dreams. But Yahweh has given him dreams about future things that's going to happen in Joseph's life. But something else to point out too here too, 
I'm sorry, something else to point out here also is that Joseph has two dreams. Now, you remember in all your studies what Scripture says about the testimony of two or three witnesses. Well, here Joseph has two dreams, which kind of falls within that too. And this is a theme that's going to come into play throughout Joseph's life, and we'll go over in just a minute. But when you look at what Scripture says about the testimony of two or three witnesses, we find this in Numbers 35.30, Deuteronomy 17.6 and 19.15, Matthew 18.16, John 8.17, 2 Corinthians 13.1, 1 Timothy 5.19, and over and over, etc., etc., right? Testimony of two or three witnesses. But that's to start now the scene of Joseph's life in the story of Joseph. He had those two dreams. He interpreted them and uh, told the interpretation to not only his brothers, but also his mother and his father. Now, in his first dream he had, you can go back and read it for yourself, but I didn't want to make this too, too long so it wouldn't be a couple hours. But the first dream was about him and his brothers out in the field, and they were harvesting wheat, and Joseph's wheat bundle I don't know if you're familiar how they used to do it back in the day, but it stood upright and all the bundles that his brothers had made, their bundles bowed down to Joseph's bundle. And then the second dream they had was that the sun and the moon and 11 stars bowed down to him as well. Needless to say, his brothers and his father didn't really like hearing this from Joseph. Now, Joseph couldn't do anything about it. That was with the dreams that Yahweh had given him. He was just, you know, reiterating it, telling it to his family. But his brothers hated him because of this and because his father played favorites with him. And not only that, but his father actually rebuked him when he told his second dream about the sun, moon, and stars. Very interesting. Go back and read that for yourself. But like I said, kind of boiled this down so we're not reading hours and hours of scripture because it goes from Exodus, I'm sorry, Genesis 37 all the way up through Genesis 50, the story of Joseph does. But here's a synopsis of the events in Joseph's life. In Genesis 37, 18, because of these dreams that Joseph had and also because of the favoritism that Jacob was showing to Joseph, his brothers hated him did not like him, and they hated him so much that they actually sought to kill him. But when they wanted to kill him, one of his brothers named Reuben actually convinces them not to kill him, but instead to just throw him in a pit. And then Reuben was planning to come back later and retrieve him and take him back to his father. That happens in Genesis 37, 21 through 22. Then in Genesis 37, 24, his brothers end up throwing him into an actual pit. 37, 28, his brothers then sell Joseph to some traders that were passing by at that moment, some Midianite traders who were having to be Ishmaelite descendants. Then did the, excuse me, then the traders went to Egypt and sold Joseph, the slave Joseph at this point, to an Egyptian officer named Potiphar, and that happens in Genesis 37, 36. After that, Potiphar's wife, the man who bought Joseph, attempts to seduce him and commit adultery with Joseph. But Joseph wasn't having any of that. Joseph resisted the temptation, turned down her seduction attempts, And as a result of her being scorned, Mrs. Potiphar falsely accuses him, provides false evidence that Joseph raped her, and gets Joseph falsely convicted and thrown into prison. That happens in Genesis 39, 19-20. However, even though he was in prison, wrongly convicted, wrongly sentenced, Joseph still prospered there in prison behind bars because Yahweh was with him. Continuing on. While he was in prison, there was a couple of guys in there with him. It was Pharaoh's cupbearer and Pharaoh's baker, and each of those had a dream. So again, two more dreams that Joseph is interpreting. And he does so. He interprets the dreams for him. 
and these dreams and the interpretation comes true. One is killed and one is restored back to his position. Now, the one who is killed is beheaded and it happens to be on Pharaoh's birthday. Interesting side note here, there are two instances of a birthday being spoken of in scripture. There's Pharaoh's birthday and then Herod's birthday in the Brit Hadashire New Testament. Both times, someone gets killed and get their head cut off. In the New Testament with Herod's birthday party, it's John the Baptist that gets his head cut off. But I thought that was an interesting note to bring up. There's only two times a birthday or a birthday celebration is mentioned in scripture. But after this, Pharaoh himself has two dreams, right? And Pharaoh can't get any of his little special magicians or his, you know, atheist or whatever it is that he has there with him to interpret these dreams. They're all bumfuzzled. But he's told about Joseph, who correctly interpreted the dreams of the prisoners that he was in jail with. And so Pharaoh brings Joseph before him, tells him the dreams that he had, and Joseph interprets the dreams for Pharaoh. Pharaoh is actually so impressed with Joseph and his abilities and stuff that Pharaoh elevates him to the second position, being second in charge over all of Egypt. So Joseph is pretty much running the show and doing everything as far as the management and administration of Egypt goes at this point. Well, about the same time that Pharaoh elevates Joseph to second command, Pharaoh also gives Joseph a wife and a different name. Remember when we went over that earlier? And that happens in Genesis 41, 45. Well, the interpretation of the dreams that Pharaoh had that Joseph told him about was that Egypt would have seven years of prosperity as far as food goes, right? They would have seven years of plenty. And then after that, they would have seven years of famine or scarcity. And that Joseph told Pharaoh that they should make provisions during the seven years of plenty to prepare for these seven years of famine. And so this happens. They have a good seven years, good crops and all this, and they store up food. And then during the seven years of famine or scarcity, all of Egypt, all the people in Egypt run out of food and they start buying the food from Yosef and Pharaoh out of the storehouses. Well, eventually they run out of money and then they sell all their land to Pharaoh and Joseph in order to buy food to feed themselves with. And this pretty much is how Pharaoh and Egypt bought up all the land, got control of it all at that point. Now, keep all this in mind, because this is going to be a setup for our next dossier, which is going to be Moses. Mm, excuse me. But anyways, during this scarcity or famine, it hits even in the, up in the land of Canaan, where Joseph's family is. Now, they don't know that he's still alive or what's happened to him or anything like that. In fact... After his brothers threw him in the pit and then sold him to the traders, his brothers went back and told his father that Joseph had been killed. So Joseph's father, Jacob, actually thinks that Joseph is dead and gone. He has no idea that Joseph's down in Egypt doing all this stuff and prospering. But the famine reaches even Joseph's family, and they hear about all this food that Egypt has stored up and is selling, and so Joseph's brothers go down to Egypt in order to buy food for their family so they can, you know, keep on living, right? And that starts out in Genesis 42, 3. So they go down to Egypt. They meet up with Joseph to buy food with him, but they don't know it's actually Joseph. They don't recognize him. Because Joseph's speaking, you know, Egyptian, not Hebrew, even though he knows and understands Hebrew, he's kind of playing a little bit of a charade with his brothers. But they go down there to buy food, and a couple of things happen, and Joseph actually manipulates them into getting all the remaining brothers down there. And then Joseph reveals to them who he actually is. So at that point, his brothers go back to Jacob, Joseph's father, Tell him everything that's happened, 
tell him that Joseph is actually still alive. And then Joseph, I'm sorry, Jacob then goes down to Egypt to reunite with Joseph. And that happens in 4629 of Genesis. And Jacob's, I'm sorry, Joseph's whole family comes down there to live with him. And Pharaoh even gives Joseph's family land all to their own. Remember, Egypt, the, I guess you call it the government of Egypt at that point, anyways, owns all the land. But Pharaoh gave Joseph's people a land, set of land for them to live on and do their herding, their shepherding, their agriculture, whatever they needed to do. But it was all for Joseph's family. And then, after that, in Genesis 49, 33, Jacob, or Joseph's father, dies. Right, we went over Jacob during the last episode on scriptural dossier that we did. And then in Genesis 50, 26, in the very last chapter of Genesis, Joseph then dies. Now, something else to point out for future reference is that right before Joseph dies, he makes his family promise them that when they leave the land of Egypt, they will take his bones back to their homeland. Now, when you read through the story of Exodus and the story of Passover and stuff like that, you'll notice that when Pharaoh kicks them out and they leave Egypt, they do bring the bones of Joseph with them through the wilderness on the way to the promised land. Now, some lessons from Joseph's life. One of the lessons that we really need to keep in mind, because think about this. When Joseph's brothers sought to kill him and threw him in a pit, sold him to the traitors, Joseph had done nothing to deserve any of that. Right? Yeah, he told the dreams he had, but he didn't make it up and he wasn't bragging about anything like that. He just told him what Yahweh had revealed to him. He didn't deserve to be thrown into a pit and sold into slavery. Then down in Egypt, he didn't deserve to be thrown into prison. He was falsely accused of rape, but he didn't deserve any of that. But even though he didn't deserve any of the things that happened in his life, or the bad things that happened in his life, Yahweh was still with him, and Yahweh turned all that to good. And that's one lesson we can learn from Joseph's life, is that Yahweh is with us even in the bad times, even when we get things that happen to us that we don't deserve, right? Yahweh is still with us. Genesis 39, 2-3. And it came to be that Yahweh was with Yosef, and he became a prosperous man and was in the house of his master, the Mitzrian, or Egyptian. And his master saw that Yahweh was with him and that Yahweh made all he did to prosper in his hand. So when he was in the service of Potiphar, Yahweh was still with him. Genesis 39, 21. But Yahweh was with Yosef and extended loving commitment to him, and he gave him favor in the eyes of the prison warden. So again, even though he was in prison, falsely convicted, falsely sentenced, Yahweh was still with him. Now, compare that to what it says in the Brit Hadashah, right? Actually, no comparison needs to be made because it says pretty much the same thing. Acts 7, 9 through 19. And the ancestors, becoming jealous, sold Yosef into Mitzrayim. But Elohim was with him and delivered him out of all his afflictions and gave him favor and wisdom before Pharaoh, sovereign of Mitzrayim. And he appointed him governor over Mitzrayim and all his house. Then a scarcity of food and great distress came over all the land of Mitzrayim and Canaan, and our fathers found no food. But Yaakov heard that there was grain in Mitzrayim, and he sent out our fathers the first time, and at the second time Yosef was made known to his brothers. And Yosef's race became known to the Pharaoh. And Yosef sent and called his father, Yaakov, and all his relatives to him, seventy-five people. And Yaakov went down to Mitzrayim and died, he and our fathers, and they were brought over to Shechem and laid in the tomb that Abraham bought for a price of silver from the sons of Hamor, the father of Shechem. But as the time of the promise drew near, which Elohim had sworn to Abraham, the people increased and multiplied in Mitzrayim until another sovereign arose who did not know Yosef, 
having dealt treacherously with our race, this one mistreated our fathers, making them expose their babies so that they should not live. So again, even in the Brit Hadashah, it recounts the story of Joseph's life and Jacob in that story and how Yahweh was still with Joseph. Another lesson to learn from Joseph's life is that even though bad things happen to us, even though bad things happen to Joseph, Yahweh can make that work for good. And scripture actually tells us that, that Yahweh works all things to good for those who believe in him. Not that all things are good, but that Yahweh can make all things work towards good. Genesis 50, 20. And this is Joseph speaking to his brothers. And you, you intended evil against me, but Elohim intended it for good in order to do it as it is this day, to keep a great many people alive. So all the bad things that happened to Joseph in his life, Yahweh turned all that and made it for good for the glory of Yahweh. Romans 8.28 reminds us, And we know that all matters work together for good to those who love Elohim, to those who are called according to his purpose. Again, believe in Yahweh. Follow him. Put your faith in him. And the scripture tells us right here, he can work all things to good for those who believe in him. Now, this is where it can start getting really, really exciting. So make sure you get your notes handy, your notes ready, and be prepared. Now we're going to look at the similarities between Joseph and Yeshua and how Joseph is actually a type of Messiah because of all the things that happened in his life that are comparable to what happened with Yeshua. First and foremost, both Joseph and Yeshua were adored by their fathers. Again, Genesis 37.3, And Yisrael loved Yosef more than all his children because he was the son of his old age and he made him a long robe. All right, now look at Matthew 3:17. And see, a voice out of the heavens saying, This is my son, the beloved, in whom I delight. So Jacob had a total of 12 sons, but he loved and adored Joseph. Likewise, we see all throughout Scripture the phrase sons of God, right? But this one son of God, Yeshua, Yahweh adored, his only brought forth son. This is my son, the beloved, in whom I delight. Now, if you're a little confused about all that, go back and see our previous teaching, Sons of God. It's in the Godhead series. That'll make more sense after you watch that. Explains a lot further. Now, both Yeshua and Jacob were stripped of their clothes and put into a pit. Now, Joseph was put into a physical pit. Yeshua was put in a tomb, but still pit. Genesis 37, 23 through 24. So it came to be when Yosef had come to his brothers that they stripped Yosef of his robe, the long robe which was on him, and they took him and threw him into a pit. And the pit was empty, there was no water in it. Matthew 27, 28 through 29. And having stripped him, they put a scarlet robe on him, and plaiting a crown of thorns, they put it on his head, and a reed in his right hand. And they kneeled down before him and mocked him, saying, Greetings, sovereign of the Yudim. Matthew 12:40. Whereas Jonah was three days and three nights in the stomach of the great fish, so shall the son of Adam be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. Now, both Jacob and Yeshua were told of their future authority. Genesis 37:7. See, we were binding sheaves in the midst of the field, and see, my sheaf rose up and also stood up, and see, your sheaves stood all around and bowed down to my sheaf. Now, this is the first dream that Joseph had. The second dream he had pretty much said the same thing, that he would be in authority over his brothers and his family. Matthew 26, 64. Yeshua said to them, said to him, You have said it. Besides, I say to you, from now on, you shall see the son of Adam sitting at the right hand of power and coming on the clouds of the heaven. So again, Yeshua is foretelling of his 
authority that he will have over the earth and over the people he were he was talking to. Both Jacob and Yeshua were sold out for money. Genesis 37, 28. And men, Midianite traders, passed by, so they pulled Yosef up and lifted him out of the pit and sold him to the Ishmaelites for 20 pieces of silver, and they took Yosef to Mitzrayim. Matthew 26, 15. And said, What would you give me to deliver him to you? And they counted out to him 30 pieces of silver. So, Joseph's brothers sold him out for 20 pieces of silver, right? And Judas sold out Yeshua for 30 pieces of silver. Both were sold out for money. Both Jacob and Yeshua were 30 when they started their ministry or their career. Genesis 41:46. Now, Yosef was 30 years old when he stood before Pharaoh, sovereign of Mitzrayim, and Yosef went out from the presence of Pharaoh and went throughout all the land of Mitzrayim. Luke 3.23 And when Yeshua himself began, he was about 30 years of age, being, as reckoned by law, son of Yosef of Eli. Both of them had mothers that were barren before they were born, and they were the firstborn of their mothers. Genesis 30.22-23 And Elohim remembered Rachel, and Elohim listened to her and opened her womb. And she conceived and bore a son and said, <clears throat> Elohim has taken away my reproach. Matthew 1.18 But the birth of Yeshua Messiah was as follows. After his mother Miriam was engaged to Yosef, before they came together, she was found to be pregnant from the set-apart spirit. So both Rachel and Miriam, or Miriam, was barren before they had their firstborn son, which in Rachel's case was Jacob, I'm sorry, Joseph, and in Mary's case was Yeshua. Both of them faced temptation and resisted. Genesis 39, 7-12 And after these events, it came to be that his master's wife lifted up her eyes to Yosef and said, Lie with me. But he refused and said to his master's wife, Look, my master does not know what is with me in the house, and he has given into my hand all that he has. No one is greater in this house than I, and he has not withheld whatever from me but you, because you are his wife. And how shall I do this great evil and sin against Elohim? And then Matthew 4, 1-11 Then Yeshua was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tried by the devil. And after having fasted forty days and forty nights, he was hungry. And the trier came and said to him, If you are the son of Elohim, command that these stones become bread. But he answering said, It has been written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of Yahweh. And then, of course, you know about all the other temptations that come along or that happened to Yeshua by the devil out there in the wilderness. Now, as we went over earlier, Jacob's brothers at one point did not recognize him because he had been down in Egypt for so long. Probably he got a darker tan or something like that, but they just did not recognize him. Yeshua also at one point was not recognized. He was walking right beside some guys and they knew nothing about who he was. Let's look at that. Genesis 42, 8. So Yosef recognized his brothers, but they did not recognize him. Luke 24, 13-16 And see, two of them were going that same day to a village called Emmaus, which was 60 stadia from Jerusalem, And they were talking to each other of all this which had taken place. And it came to be, as they were talking and reasoning, that Yeshua himself drew near and went with them. But their eyes were restrained, so that they did not know him. So both Jacob, I'm sorry, Joseph and Yeshua at one point were not recognized by people who probably would have otherwise recognized them. Now, both Jacob, I'm sorry, I don't know why I keep saying that. Both Joseph and Yeshua were elevated to second in command or second in power. 
Genesis 41, 40 through 43. Be over my house, you yourself, and at your mouth all my people shall kiss, only in the throne, and I am greater than you. And Pharaoh said to Yosef, See, I have set you over all the land of Mitzrayim. And Pharaoh took his seal ring off his hand and put it on Yosef's hand. And he dressed him in garments of fine linen and put a gold chain around his neck. And he had him ride in the second chariot which he had. And they cried out before him, Bow the knee, and he set him over all the land of Mitzrayim. Now look at 1 Corinthians 15, 24, and 27. Then the end, when he, when he delivers up the reign to Elohim the Father, when he has brought to naught all rule and all authority and power, for he has put all under his feet. But when he says all are put under him, it is clear that he who put all under him is accepted. Now these are just a few of the comparisons between Joseph and Yeshua. There's more than that, and we invite you to go through and do your own particular study on it because it's rather neat when this all starts coming to light and you start realizing all this. But before we get too long, like I said, we've already cut it down a lot. Instead of reading all the verses from the events in Joseph's life, we gave you the synopsis and the summary of it. But for now, we're going to go ahead and end this. We're going to do a quick summary of Joseph's life and what we have just went over. Joseph had a lot of bad things that happened to him during his life, but he didn't deserve any of it. But even though all these bad things happened to him, Yahweh turned all that to good, made Joseph prosper, and all this for the glory of Yahweh. Through all the trials and tribulations that Joseph went through, Yahweh was still with him. When he was in the pit, when he was sold into slavery, when he was in the prison, Yahweh was still there with Joseph. And Yahweh is there with you in your life through the good times and the bad. Yahweh used Joseph and his life and the events that happened in his life for good and for the glory of Yahweh. And of course, like we just went over, Joseph is a type of Yeshua. And that's just the God honest truth. Now, if you'd like to read for yourself the life and events that happened in Joseph's life, then you can look at that and read through Genesis chapter 37 through chapter 50. So we'd like to thank you tonight. And especially thanks to all of you who bared with us through our technical troubles. Still not entirely sure why all that happened, but we got through it, got back on and was able to get everything done without skipping a beat. We will probably have two different videos, but we'll combine those into one so that when you look up for the on-demand video, it'll just be one video, so stay tuned for that. In just a moment, we'll be doing the Aaronic Benediction. So if you have anyone there with you that you would like to gather together with you as we do that blessing, then go ahead and start gathering them. Once again, I'd like to invite you to go down below Give us a comment, just say hi, Shabbat Shalom, or what have you. Be sure to hit that subscribe button and ring the bell so you're notified. Also hit the like button and the share button and share it around with people you know. Because like we say just about every time, word of mouth advertising is the best advertising. And we surely do appreciate every time you tell someone about this ministry, these videos, our website, all of that. Thank you so much every time you do that. So, let's go ahead and get to our Aaronic Benediction. Give a rikka Yahweh, v'yishmarecha. Yair Yahweh panavelecha, v'hunecha. Yisah Yahweh. Anavelecha, Beyasim lecha, Shalom. May Yahweh bless you and guard you. May Yahweh make his face shed light upon you and be gracious unto you. May Yahweh lift up his face unto you and give you peace. Thank you for joining us tonight. We hope that your Shabbat is one that is restful and recharges you. 
We hope that your next upcoming week is one that is filled with good spirits, good health, good fortune, good food, good family, and good friends. And until next time, next week at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, take care of yourself, take care of each other, have a good Shabbat and Shavua Tov. Oh